Hello, folks. Welcome to Holding On with Holder, where I talk to interesting people about interesting topics. My name is Steve Holder, and I am your host. My guest this evening is Craig Brown, author and motivational speaker who has quite a story. Welcome, Craig. Steve, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here. For those who don't know who you are, give us a little bit about your background, please. Who are you? Who am I? You know, I've been trying to figure that out for the last 61 years, but I think I'm, I think I'm close, Steve. I think I'm close. Um, I, uh, I lived in, I was born in Washington, D.C. Um, son, my dad was an Episcopal minister and he had a, his church right across the district line. So we lived right outside of, or across, across the street from the border of Washington, D.C. Um, I've lived here my entire life. I have really deep roots here in the, in the D.C. area um, and have lived in Maryland for most of that time. Uh, grew up in the church. I uh, grew up in a, what I thought at that time was a functional family, but it wasn't until after the fact that I realized, you know, there was a little bit of dysfunction there. Uh, and actually later on, I found, I realized there was a lot of dysfunction in that house. Um, you know, as a preacher's kid, uh, we do have a reputation. It all depends on what denomination that, uh, you know, you're part of. But, uh, but you know, we, we grew up in church life and our whole life, focus was making dad look good and my sisters and I had to you know we had to be on all the time but here's the thing Steve uh early on in, the, in my childhood and early in my youth uh what I saw from the pulpit was far different than what I experienced behind closed doors uh my dad was uh somewhat of a he was a narcissist uh everything everything in our family uh um you know involved him he was the center of everything in our life we really didn't have an identity we didn't talk about emotions we didn't talk about feelings we my dad was from the old school you know we didn't talk about any of that as a family and so our so our really our whole family was kind of void of any of that and he was a rather angry person he would take it out on myself my sisters and you know it was just a real uh real tough uh lifestyle um, I developed, as we all do at that age, at a young age, coping mechanisms and coping skills and to hide the pain, the shame, the abandonment. I mean, I, I can count on one hand, uh, you know, the, the father-son things that he and I did, and I, and I had fingers left over. He just wasn't involved as a father in my life. And so I was searching, you know, I was an athlete. He didn't come to any of my games. Uh, my mom was the typical enabler making dad look good and, you know, uh, covering everything. And uh, by the time I reached, uh, after high school, uh, by the time I reached 18, I had to get away. And I just left. And um, that's really where my journey began to the pit of hell. Because I got into, I, got, I escaped. I had no self-control. I had no self-discipline. I had no mission or purpose in life. And I was just searching and the party invites everybody. And so I just entered into that party uh, party lifestyle. And I began on a downward spiral for many years. Um, and as I shared my story and in the book, um, after I, I dropped out of college, I began to work at a, at a bar restaurant that actually was owned by the biggest cocaine dealer on the East Coast. And this was the early eighties. 
when co cocaine dominated everything. And I got sucked up into the drug world. And it was just, I was in the pit of hell for a number of years. And um, it was dark. I understand. I, it, you know, depression, anxiety, stress, pain, shame, guilt. I mean, it was a horrible experience. But I'm on the back end of that. You know, I, I suffered greatly. Uh, there was a lot of harm. There was a lot of trauma. Uh, but uh, what I didn't know is that the Lord's hand was on me the entire time. And I had an amazing, amazing epiphany uh, back in 1985, 80, around 85. And um, I realized I had to make a change in my life where I was going to die or continue on that life of destruction. Yeah. Well, I can relate to so much of what you just shared. Yeah. My dad was a deacon in the Southern Baptist Church. And as you know, the deacon's kids are right up there with the pastor's kids. That's right. We are totally equally yoked, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us more about your, your involvement with crime, Craig. How, did that get really, really deep? Well, uh, uh, and I worked, well, I worked at the business owned by, you know, the, the, the establishment, establishment owned by this uh, drug dealer. And he was a big, he was big into the business. Wow. And he operated that out of that business. And he, um, uh, you know, used that business to launder the money. Okay. I was an employee of that business. We worked in that business. All of us did, but we got sucked up into that lifestyle. I did some low level dealing and some other things. And, you know, um, uh, and he ended up years later passing away. Uh, but everyone, uh, I mean, all his operation was out of there. And people were coming from every area of the of the region, you know, to get you know to get the product and take it out, and and you know uh, it hit the streets. D.C. was just inundated by that party, and you know, uh, people from Capitol Hill were coming in there. I'm not going to name names. Uh, music people, TV people, sports figures, athletes. It was just and as a 19 or 20 year old, no direction, right, Steve? And no, you know, no mission or purpose. You know, uh, you think, oh man, this is just absolutely amazing. And here you are in the midst of this pain, and and I felt like a failure. All my friends were off at Brown and Duke and Tufts, you know, and they had their careers and they had their lives planned. And I was back home, I, you know, working in this environment, operating in this environment, and I just felt like a complete failure. But yeah. it was, uh, a, you know. Uh, I, I don't, there's not a whole lot I know, but I do know, you know, the FBI, all these organizations were, were hovering, you know, all these organizations were hovering and it was only a matter of time. But uh, after, after a while, that's when I had that epiphany and I, I just had to extricate myself from that entire lifestyle. And I did, and I thought I did it on my own, but it was the Lord's doing, giving yeah. me a path and a rescue plan. And that's where, and, I, and, I, and he knew I'd be doing what I'm doing today uh, for 22 years of Christ Center ministry, Christ Center recovery, helping other people based on my pit of hell experience. Yeah. Yeah. God can do that. He turns a mess into a message. And you, yes, and, I both, you and I both are examples of that.
Yes, I yes, we are. Coke dealer also. He ran a adult bookstore, and I thought it was really, really cool at that time to work at that bookstore. My Southern Baptist parents weren't so impressed. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You went from the Dutch made the Dutch made restaurant to a adult bookstore. <laughs> Yeah, it took a few years to get make that evolution. Uh, yes, yeah, so and, and the car wash. Didn't you work at the yeah. car wash? Car wash came after the Dutch made. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but uh, so you, so you can relate. I mean, I can relate are, so much of what you're saying. Yeah, we're in our youth, right? Yeah. We think we've died, gone to heaven, but no, we yeah. we're in hell. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell us more about your dependency on drugs. Was it drugs or alcohol or both? Uh, both, yeah. Yeah, well, as a, when you're working for the biggest cocaine dealer in the region, uh, you know, there's a, you're bound to get it. And I had it and I used it. And just, you know, everybody, Steve, back there in D.C., back in these days, everybody had it. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that did. And, and you know, and it was everywhere. And it's readily available. So, and that was the thing. Yeah. So I was, um, I drank, I started drinking in high school, actually, the latter part, like my, my junior, senior year, not a lot, but at parties and stuff. But when I went, when I went away to school, you know, you total freedom. I mean, total freedom. And I just went to the party instead of studying. I should have played college basketball, actually. But um, yeah, so I, I just, it was all alcohol and uh, cocaine you know, some mushrooms here and there and some other things. And, you know, but that was, uh, that was it. That was my primary go-to. And again, I used all that to medicate the high, the pain, the shame, the guilt. Here I am, this preacher's kid. And you, you probably felt this way too. When you're in it, you're looking around and saying to yourself, what am I doing here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing? And, but I didn't know any better. And I just kept on right using and drinking and partying and and all that uh until i until um i realized this isn't you know this is not good for me i mean i ended up steve i don't know about your health back i had a hole in my stomach i was i was throwing up blood i went to the hospital you would you would have thought that might have got my attention no i ended up uh being arrested for driving on a suspended license and i had to go to court and you would have thought that might have I, um, one night I was so drunk, I sideswiped four or five cars and thought I got away from, away with it. I got caught, you know, you would think one of these episodes would have gotten my attention, but they built up to the point where I got to the breaking point. Every one of those situations led me to the place where the Lord wanted to take. Yeah. And I had, to, and the pain had to be greater than my fear in order for me to change. And that's what I wrote in my book, you know, first chapter. The pain, when the pain is greater than our fear of changing, we're ready to do anything. Yeah. And so I surrendered and gave, and gave up. So what was the final straw for you, Craig? What Was there one thing that said, okay, yes. that's- Oh, absolutely. Did. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been clean for about seven years, okay? I had, I, 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 again, I just extricated myself from that lifestyle and um i was just on a new path i didn't go to rehab or anything uh, you know i i i made a, a, a conscious decision that i was not going to operate that way anymore or use that anymore it was just a, a determination 
uh, I thought it was me, but it wasn't. And that's the whole higher power, you know, the hand of the Lord being on us. And I didn't know it. But yes, that, that one uh, defining moment was interesting uh, because I'd been, I had been, even though I was clean, uh, I was still miserable, absolutely miserable. And I still didn't have, you know, uh, any direction or any mission, right, in my life. Well, I got that phone call that none of us like to get. My sister called and said my dad was dying in the hospital. Now, if you remember, I didn't really have a relationship with him. I loved him, okay? Um, but we did not have a very close relationship. And so I got to the hospital and I stood by my dad's bedside. And he, was, he was ill, he was bleeding internally and they could not stop it. And the doctor said, he's got hours, he's got hours before we'll know which way he will either pass away or, or we'll be able to save him. But I stood Steve at that bedside and even though I didn't have a relationship with him, you know, a real meaningful, nurturing, loving relationship with him, the Lord knew what exactly what he was doing because he brought me to that bedside and it shook me. And that, as I stood there, I just said to myself that my dad's going to die. I've done nothing with my life, nothing. And I'm going to, I'm a complete failure and he's going to die and not see me make anything of myself in my life, right? And that shook me to the core. My pain level then was greater than my fear of changing. And I grew up in the Episcopal church. So I, you know, no one taught me about sinner's prayer. No one taught me about giving your life to the Lord. No, you know, we didn't, I didn't hear any of that about a relationship with the Lord. But months before my mom had given me that little daily word or, a, or, a, you know, the daily bread or one of those uh, devotionals. And I devoured that, Steve. I devoured it. That's all I had. And that was months before. But it was enough of a seed planted to get me to the bedside to totally surrender and give up and quit. And the next day I, I cried out to the Lord. And I said, I, I, I can't take it anymore. I cannot do this anymore. But the pain in my life is so great. Lord, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Take over my life. Lead my life. And Steve, I cried out for about an hour. Right. And when I stood up when I was done, my whole perspective, I was a, I was a new, new Craig Brown. And from that day forward, that's when my recovery started on that day. Yeah. And, it's been, and that was uh, over, uh, what was it, 28, uh, 28 years ago or something like that. Right. I love hearing stories like that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's fuel for us. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, and, and you and I aren't the only ones, brother, but I tell you, uh, when you, when you do, uh, and, it, and, and, you know, all throughout the Bible, there are stories of overcomers and key and those that have been healed and brought back from the dead and blind seeing. And, you know, and, and again, for the non-believer or the skeptic, they'll think, oh yeah, well, that was, that was in the book. That was in that book or what have you. But until you fully experience that transformation, that power and that life change, you know, you have to tell others about it. And Steve, that's what I've been doing in Christ Center Recovery now for, you know, 22 years. Yeah. And that's all I can do. You yeah. know, uh, you know, uh, if you're into 12 steps or any recovery, and the Bible's very clear about give back everything that he's given you. And that's what I'm called to do. That's what I do. I tell all the people that I sponsor in AA, I said, if you really appreciate what I'm giving to you, 
spread it around, you know, Absolutely. tell it to other people, because that's what the guy that helped me said to me, if you're really grateful, pass it on. So absolutely. So I've tried to live up to that. Uh, so you teach others now how to be an overcomer, correct? Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what, yes. Um, uh, my pastor asked me to start a ministry. I, I don't know if you've heard of Celebrate Recovery, but it's a ministry. You be involved in that, yes. Yeah, yeah, that is, um, they're all over the world now. I mean, it's just a wonderful Christ-centered 12-step ministry. Yeah. And uh, our church has grown, was really growing and our pastor couldn't keep up with the needs. And he asked if I would start that ministry. And I did, that was uh, 22, 22 years ago. Uh, so that's, uh, we've been involved with offering that in our church and we've served thousands of people over the last 22 years yeah. and, you know, uh, independent and, uh, and with that, you know, serving, you know, the, the folks in our church and, and community, it's just a wonderful place, you know, beacon of hope. Yeah. We get a lot of people that come from different segments of recovery to, because there was something missing that it was in my life. See, yeah. Steve, a lot of people think it's just about getting clean and sober. And that's, that's the byproduct of doing the work. That's the beginning. Yes, yes. But you still have to go back and deal with the shame, the guilt, the trauma, the abuse, the mistakes, the failures, the bitterness, the resentments, right? And there's and that's why people, yeah. And that's, if you overlook that, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. And people in recovery have to realize that uh, yes, I, I've got 30 days, I've got 60 days. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. But what was the root of your drinking? What was the catalyst? Why did you drink? Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about that. You know, and generally it's going to be trauma or maybe physical abuse or, or um, uh, sexual abuse that they've hidden for years or some type of trauma in their life or anger or abandonment or and that's the whole point of Christ-centered recovery, because the Bible is very clear about get down to the root issue yeah. and find out what's going on that, uh, that heart of yours and let me in, yeah. let me in and let me heal that. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, it's definitely cathartic to tell somebody your whole story and let them say, well, you're not really a bad person. You just made a lot of mistakes. You're a sick person. You know, I needed to hear that. Absolutely. And, and Steve, you know, the biggest mistake people make that are in recovery is that they take on that identity, you know, of struggle, pain, shame, guilt. Oh, I'm a drunk. Oh, I'm an addict. Or, and that's where, that's where Celebrate Recovery changed that yeah. whole identity. No, you're yeah. not. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God who happens to struggle with an issue. Yeah. Right. And Steve, all of us have issues. Many all of, of us them. have defects. All of us are in recovery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always like to say we're all powerless over sin and our life is unmanageable. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We are. And, and, and that's why that's why Jesus said, stay here, guys, because the, there's someone far more powerful than I, than I that's coming. And, you know, that's where the, the Holy Spirit comes in, that power that we need. Yeah. Right. That power that's available to everyone that would just cry out and, and call on his name yeah. and bring them into their life to take over. And and it's missing. Uh, and that's and that's what the beautiful part of Christ Center Recovery 
because it's hitting on all levels, man. Yeah. We're going at every single level without holding back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that impressed me about Celebrate Recovery. There's all kinds of individual groups to deal with individual issues. Right. And if he's like me, I fit into several of them. <laughs> well, we do. Yeah. Yes. I mean, um, and that's what, and that's the beautiful thing about, uh, see, when you allow the, allow the Lord to get a hold of your heart, your recovery, and your life and mine, um, you may be going in, right, for that primary issue. And we, you know, we have people that are coming in for pornography, sexual addiction, codependency, anger, food addiction, uh, you know, and all the chemicals, right? Yeah. Uh, and, they, and we come into that environment with that one primary issue. But as the Lord works in our heart and begin to do inventory and, and develop self-awareness, all of a sudden we realize, you know, there's some defects there that I had no clue about, right? Mm -hmm. There's some things I've suppressed. I struggle with stress and anxiety and depression. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. And the Lord's going to work. What about that anger problem? Yeah. What about the codependency problem? Yeah, it's, and it can be overwhelming, but at the same time, if, if you have accountability, if you have a network of support, friends, safe people, safe people, and with the Lord as our guide, oh, you can't. It you, makes you, a big you, difference. You I cannot mean, lose. You, it, it's our choice. Yeah. And it's our choice whether we choose to take that path, yeah. right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's up to the individual. But we're, that's where what I love what you said. We're powerless. We're powerless over ourselves. We're, any, we're not there to fix. We can't fix anybody. Yeah. Right. So tell us about your book, brother. Oh, well, this this has been on the back burner for a long time, a real long time. Um, stop hiding. Start healing. Um, uh, the Lord just inspired inspired me to write it this past June. And um the title came immediately. I went on Google, make sure no one had it. And, but it's a, it's, it's really, uh, I've lived every chapter, every sentence I've lived in this book. And I'm sharing my heart, my experience as an encouragement to others that the Lord will use it as a, as a encouragement for others to stop hiding and start healing. Steve, what I've found in ministry, especially in ministry in the church, is that we go to church to hide rather than go to church to heal, right? Because so many people go and it's just natural for us to put on that happy face and our, lift yeah. our hands and worship and, hey, brother, hey, sister, and have coffee and yeah. get the word and take our notes. And then we leave and we get to the parking lot and it's like, oh, good. No one asked me how I was doing. And that has to stop, yeah. you know, that has to stop. And that was really the, what prompted me to, for the book, because I did, I hid, I mean, I hid a lot of things and it wasn't until I stopped hiding, I took off the mask. I revealed the real me, even though I, I didn't like who I was inside and things began to happen in my life over the last, you know, 20, uh, 35 years clean, but 28, 20 some plus years of ministry of Christ Center Recovery, and the book is about that. There are stories in the book, there are testimonies in the book, and every chapter is what I have experienced, learned, shared, and um, 
I just hope it's a help and, a, uh, you know, the Lord anoints it to help others yeah. uh, as a resource, you know, yeah. to help people stop hiding and start healing. Yeah. It's amazing how we can diminish our problems by just confessing them, you know, out loud and tell somebody I've got this thing, you know, going on. Yeah. It helps yeah. tremendously. I mean, you just can't underestimate the power of that kind of confession. Well, you know, Steve, uh, the, uh, in James, uh, confess and pray so that you may be healed. Yeah. Right? Now, that's where people, that's where sometimes we miss it. Oh, man, Craig, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. And that, well, have you been confessing? You know, have you confessed? Because the way I read the scripture, um, it says confess and pray so that you may be healed. And confession is, is that's why, you know, the steps are just fantastic because when you're honest with yourself, God and someone else, right, that you trust, it's just a wonderful combination to be able to confess and talk. I, I don't know, I, I don't know if you can relate, Steve, but I remember when I was took responsibility and was first honest and I would share and you know my struggles uh, and uh, and be totally transparent the freedom I felt did you feel that too oh yeah absolutely just that when you when we confess just that freedom that burden just began to be uh lifted it's just phenomenal and he you know God knows what he's doing better than we do absolutely <laughs> I'm glad he does because sometimes I don't know what he's doing or me neither <laughs> and I've always said I'm grateful that God believed in me when I didn't believe in me or him anymore. Oh, that's Steve. You know? That is so true. Yeah, and that's but the, but see when we're in the midst of our pain, our shame, and the, in that pit of hell or in that darkness, we feel so distant from God. Yeah, and we're isolating ourselves. He hasn't gone anywhere. Remember when they when remember when that saying was out? Uh, what? try God or find God. He's never lost. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. It's our own doing. It's a, where the shame and the other, we haven't even touched on the condemnation that comes from the pit of hell. You know, yeah. that condemnation. Oh, you call yourself a Christian and you're doing this and yeah. that, 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 that's, I'm sorry, but that battle has to end. And that's and a big deal. Like, that's a big battle right there. Your listeners, those who, yeah, your listeners, those who are hurting, those who are struggling, and those who are dealing with that negative self-talk and that condemnation, brother or sister, you've got to end that now because it's not true. It's all lies because the Bible tells us that we're, you are beautifully and wonderfully made, and you were made to be successful and have purpose in life, and along the way, you might have made some bad decisions. We all have. Yeah. Let yourself off the hook. You, we all have made those decisions. You're not alone. A lot, so many people feel so isolated and alone, but we do it to ourselves, and that's why we have to stop fighting. Yeah. Sometimes it seems the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. It is. And that's yes. really the most important forgiveness you can do. And everything Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. It's it's our hope is there. Our forgive, he took our sin, he took everything, yeah. everything. But we, 
we, we sometimes, you know, give it away, but take it back. You know, we've got to be set free and he's the one. And that's the difference in Christ centered recovery, Steve, because Jesus is the only one that can heal, restore, yeah. fix and change. Yeah. He's the only one that can do it. Yeah. No people can fix each other. Spouses stop trying to fix your spouse, trying to fix your kids, trying to fix and control. Let them let go. And allow the healer to come in and set them free. Yeah. And he will. Absolutely. Yep. Well, brother, I really, really appreciate your testimony. Can you tell folks how to get your book and about your website? Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Steve. Yes, it's, uh, the book is Stop Hiding, Start Healing. Uh, you can go to Amazon, find out on Amazon and in the subject or the search bar, uh, Craig Brown, Stop Hiding, Start Healing, or on my website stop hiding start healing book.com stop hiding start healing book.com and uh yeah that's how you'd be able to get it i i hope it's a blessing to you i truly truly do okay my brother craig i appreciate your time and i appreciate your testimony and folks will rush on out and get the book i'm sure it's a blessing Check out his website. This is Craig Brown. He's got a wonderful testimony. And Craig, thank you for being my guest. Thank you very much. Steve, I enjoyed every second. I made, I made, a, I made a new friend. Absolutely, brother. God bless you. Thank you. God folks, bless you too. Folks, thanks for tuning in to Holding On With Holder. Please subscribe to my channel and feel free to share this video with all your friends. Thank you, brother. I'll let you go now and you have a blessed right. evening. God bless you. You too. Take care. Bye.